I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are Establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com, slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Jake Steiner. Jake is a semi-retired stock trader and investor, and he's made myopia his business for trying to help people, especially families, understand the ways to address the challenges of nearsightedness and how myopia can be reversed. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it would be so cool if you would go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me? Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use, and my Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well... Use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Jake Steiner is a semi-retired stock trader and investor. His personal passion is understanding human eyesight and has spent the past 20 years in vision biology science, exploring nearsightedness prevention and reversal methods. Jake hosts the web's largest vision improvement community with many tens of thousands of participants and has written over 1,200 articles on vision biology and myopia control. Jake, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Thanks for having me, Stephen. And can I just say you, your voice would be perfect for like movie trailer announcements or reading my bio. It sounds amazing. 
Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, well, uh, Jake, your website is inmyopia.org. Uh, Could we start by talking about what myopia is? Sure. Nearsightedness or shortsightedness, depending on where you are in the world, uh, basically means that you need glasses to see clearly at a distance. Gotcha. So now this is, is it different from what, uh, you know, like I need reading glasses, all right? Is, does it fall under that category too as you get older and uh, um, different things happen with your eyes? Completely different. Um, so what, what you have, and they're very stately on you, by the way, the, uh, that, that's uh, presbyopia. Uh, presbyopia is also farsightedness, technically the same idea where you can't see up close without glasses. Hyperopia, if it's not age-related, presbyopia, if it's age-related, hardening of the lens. So the cause is different. It's something that to some extent just tends to happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, you know, and it's uh, just a side note. It, when, when I got closer to 50, it was, uh, I, I used to be a high school principal and I'd play in the band during uh, football season and in the stands and I didn't memorize my music. So I'd have that music up and I'd look at the drum major and I'd look at the music and normally that worked just fine. And, and I looked, one night I was like, this isn't working. It's blurry. Every time I shift between things, that was a, yeah, that was a happy birthday present to me. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so, so let's take a look at, you know, as I read in your bio, you're a semi-retired stock trader and investor. What got you interested in Indian, ending um, myopia? So I used to wear pretty strong glasses, minus five doctors. And the whole thing started when I was a teenager, early, early teens, somewhere in there. Parents of both doctors took me to the optometrist because I guess I was squinting. I don't know. Uh, optometrist gave me glasses. And from then it was a story that, that most people experience. Once you get glasses, you get stronger glasses and stronger glasses and stronger glasses. I lived with it. It changed my youth a lot because it removed me from a lot of activities and sports. I started to get a little introverted, afraid of things because balls coming flying and things like that are not super fun. So I turned into more of a, the nerdy kid with the glasses in hindsight, especially I'm seeing that. And then um, I got kind of lucky with, with my profession and managed to sort of retire in my twenties and traveled a lot. And then I remember one night I was somewhere foreign and uh, I was hailing a taxi and they have the little lights on them, red and green. And I couldn't, I just couldn't even see it. Uh, I went to the optometrist. The optometrist said, you need stronger glasses. And I asked why. And that was the first time in my real adult life, you know, separate from parents and stuff where I had that experience. And so I did ask why, and they said it's genetic. And um, from Germany, we've got a pretty good university or even high school education. And I, I'm not a geneticist, but I'm like, it's unlikely to be genetic, right? Like 50 years ago, this problem didn't exist hardly at all. hundred years ago, it didn't exist at all. And now it's 90% in a lot of countries, especially Asian countries. So I said, it can't be genetic. What else could it be? And this was before the internet made things super easy. So I went to libraries, did research, found all the clinical journals that discuss the actual cause of myopia and found out that it's actually not an illness and it's not genetic. And it was shocking. And I'm a very analytical guy. Like my, my job, my, the success of my job depends on analysis, right? Instead of narratives and stories and emotions, it's just what's really going on. And so I found that the cause 
in academia is well understood, but in retail optometry where you pay 5,000% markup on lenses, nobody tells you these things. And that got me a little bit upset. And because I'm a little tiny bit obsessive, sometimes I went on the next journey of going, well, if it's not a genetic condition, and I found out from the journals that it's actually an adjustment issue caused by the lens wear. I made the giant leap of a guess that maybe I could reverse it. And that led to sort of a side journey over the past almost 20 years now of going back from minus five to not needing glasses at all. And now this has turned into a pretty big community of many tens of thousands of people having done this and experienced this and wasn't my goal, right? Like I just, I was eventing online. It turned into a little bit of a blog. It grew into a thing. And now it's just sort of an alternative to this story of kids have a genetic problem and glasses are the only answer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because you do have a large community and it's, it's really awesome. The, the focus that you have, I mean, and, you know, and just as a note, uh, um, one of the things I asked you before we started recording is uh, I've, as an adult, I've, I've been saying it myopia and uh, I hear you say myopia and, uh, and I asked you if that was, if I've just been saying it wrong my whole life and, and uh, your answer was. Depends where you're at. It's like British English versus American English. Like there's the multiple ways to say it and I'm just used to the myopia thing. So it's not the correct or wrong way necessarily. I like that. So cool. So it, so Myopia is also known as nearsightedness or shortsightedness, which that was another one of those things that uh, you taught me, which is that the, the words are the same. And uh, it, what's the typical way for correcting it or dealing with it? First, can I just totally derail things for a second and sure. just say I was looking forward to this conversation because normally I talk to a lot of health and internet influencer people and all this stuff. And I was super excited to chat with you because you're in education and you deal with parents and kids. And I think this whole topic is a huge, huge thing for the next generation, right? Like 50-50. Oh, yeah. In our age group, it was a 50-50 chance that you didn't need glasses. The chance of kids living a life without being stuck behind those lenses is dramatically going down. Right? Like the chance that your, the, your kids, my kids, our kids are going to get away with it are, are much smaller. And it's 100% environmental. And your kid is going to have a different experience in their life being behind glasses versus not from sports to social behaviors, to fine motor control, to, to confidence, to all kinds of things, huge effect. And I really, really, really encourage parents to, and I'm going to get right back to questions. It's super short. Scholar.google.com only clinical research results of Google from Google. Right. So instead of general Google that gives you all kinds of questionable answers, scholar.google.com is only the peer reviewed clinical science. If you type in pseudomyopia or lens induced myopia, we can talk more about that later. It's going to give you tens of thousands of results of just published peer reviewed science telling the real story. Right. And if you don't want your kids to live behind glasses, it's super worth spending some time on this. Sorry, I can get back to the. Uh, questions. I no, just really, I felt, I feel passionate about this and I get emails from parents every single day now. And it's so frustrating to not have more access to just tell people, Hey, you know, you, you iPads aren't babysitters, you know, that playing on the phone is not for kids. It's a, it starts as a muscle spasm. It becomes 
the kid becomes a victim of the treatment, right? So, sorry, apologize. Just, I don't want to lose anybody in this, in the rest of this conversation. I just want to preface all that. Oh, all is good. All is good. Matter of fact, I was kind of leading up to, because in the end, I'm going to ask you a question that uh, has to do with you talking to parents. So uh, um, we're going to, I I appreciate you going ahead and sharing that passion because it's it's very much there. I've watched several of your videos. You have a a great section on your YouTube channel that's uh, completely all about this and some awesome videos where you get into how to find that research and such and in Google Scholar and such, which is which is awesome. I mean, I mean, one of the things that you did was you changed your eyesight. I mean, could you talk talk about how you did that? Yeah. So it was a long journey and the version of it appropriate for this kind of chat is like if you want to get stronger, go to the gym, right? Like if you want more endurance, start running. It's that level, right? Like the, the answer is super simple. It's there's something called lens induced myopia worth looking up on Google scholar, your eyeball elongates because of your glasses. It's an adjustment that exists your whole entire life to keep your eyes tuned and the lenses cause your eyeball to get longer. And if you wear minus lenses, some of the right light, hits behind the retina. It's called hyperopic to focus causes your eyeball to adjust. So after a year or two wearing the, your first pair of glasses, you need stronger ones, healthy eye, no genetic defect, no illness, healthy eye adjusted. And that's what I found in my early research. And then I tried all the, I read all the books on how to fix your eyesight. I couldn't get it to work. I did eye acupuncture in Nepal. I did all the stuff. And eventually I just went back to the, to the research and what it says, the biology is the eye also shortens. It doesn't actually grow longer. It just has an adjustment mechanism built into it because it's a fluid filled ball, basically. It's never perfect. So it keeps adjusting itself. And my big guess was if the eyeball grew longer, adjusted in length because of stronger glasses, I'm going to wear weaker glasses. And some of the light will hit in front of the retina instead of on it or behind it. And it'll trigger that same system to shorten the eyeball. It was a guess, right? But, but there is research that has shown that the eyeball adjusts in length in both directions. So it shortens and they found this in every kind of eye that works like human eyes. So they've done this in fish, they've done this with birds, they've done it with monkeys, they've done it with humans, seeing that axial length adjusts. So I said, if that's the case, I'm gonna wear weaker glasses. And I didn't do it very well in the beginning. Right. I, I reduced way too much. I made lots of assumptions. I didn't have the, the combined help of the community we have today, but I wore weaker glasses and eventually the, my eyes did adopt to the weaker glasses. And now it's a much more refined approach. Now I recommend people make very small adjustments and practice the eyesight and get plenty of distance vision time. So lots of little extra bits, but the main story is just, it appears as though the eye responds to slight reductions in the strength of your glasses combined with plenty of outdoor time to improve to a point where you can you can make a reduction every three to four months on average. That's awesome. I, I, you know, and one of the things that's really cool for the listeners is that uh, if you go to uh, um, Jake's blog in there, it, he has these videos that have an animation that, it, that explain really nicely for someone like me who has no clue um, what you're talking about. And it show, and it, the animation shows the, the, the elongation and the shortening and so forth. And what, what he's talking about with the light going through into the back. So, um, it, very cool. Yeah. Um, and I recommend people go take a look at that because it's just a little short video that, uh, does a really quick 
awesome job of explaining it in, in a short animation. You know, one of the things that uh, I've seen you say over multiple times in uh, um, at the around the conclusion of your videos is is this: uh, your eyes aren't broken. Can you talk about that? Or you know, a lot of people would think that their eyes are broken. Yeah. So it's okay, and this goes back to this. There is a weird divide, and since I've Back then, I had no idea. I've done a million health-related podcasts, and so now I found that this happens in a lot of different topics. It's not just eyesight, but academia understands the cause, and retail, where you're being sold stuff, does not, right? So when you go to the optometrist, and it's not the optometrist's fault, there's plenty of great optometrists, wonderful people do get eye checkups, but they don't have an answer for you. And the actual answer is, pseudomyopia, Google Scholar, and lens-induced myopia. And pseudomyopia, what happens is, if you have kids especially, because that's for me a real concern, you found out that your kid is quiet for three hours when you just give them one of these and let them play on YouTube. What happens is there is a lens in the front of the eye. It's a flexible lens, and there's a circular muscle around it called ciliary muscle. Super cool design. And that muscle squeezes the lens, causing it to bulge out. And the closer you look at something, the harder that muscle squeezes the lens to refocus your vision for close-up, like a camera lens, kind of, sort of, but just cooler. So that muscle is completely relaxed at, at 20 feet or so. And the progressively closer you get, focusing on something, the more the muscle tightens. It's not made to be in that super tight, super close-up mode for hours and hours and hours and hours every day continuously. So pseudomyopia, Google Scholar, is a muscle spasm. So when your kid is squinting and your kid has a phone habit, thanks to you, you take them to the optometrist. The optometrist is trained to say, cause unknown, genetic, who knows, and here's some glasses. The glasses are moving the light further back in the eye that, that light that's in the wrong spot because of a stuck muscle. There's, you, your kid was fine up until that point. Child wasn't born with bad eyesight, assuming, I'm not a doctor, none of this medical advice, but assuming your kid was fine until age X, where either book reading started to happen a lot or screen exposure started a lot, and then squinting happened. It's a stuck muscle. Pseudomyopia. Also, if you want to get really into it, near-induced transient myopia, if you type that into Google Scholar, near-induced, caused by near-focus, transient meaning temporary, and myopia, of course, nearsightedness. Tens of thousands of search results, right? Like this is not a debate. It's not unknown. It's completely clear. Most myopia, most, most, most myopia, muscle spasm. So the eye's not broken. It's not defective. It's stuck in close-up mode because you abused it basically with having that screen in front of your face. And then the second thing that happens is once you get those glasses, what I talked about before, the glasses cause some of the light to hit behind the retina. And that triggers the, the system in the eye that says, I'm too short and it elongates. Lens-induced myopia, again, tens of thousands of results. It's not a question, a completely understood in clinical science. That's the process of you going from having perfectly fine eyesight Till you were age X and then slowly so-called deteriorating vision from the time you were first diagnosed, as I like to say, 
onward you wearing glasses. Was that a long giant monologue right there? It was awesome. It was awesome because it, it explains quite quite thoroughly, and I, I appreciate it because that's something that you know it, it's it is something that it makes you, you know, the first thing you want to think of is that whoa, my, I guess my eyes are are done or they're finished or you know there's something completely wrong. They're broken, and and that explains a lot. And and one of the things that you seemed to be talking about is that the eyeglasses can actually um, kind of make it worse, right? Is that correct? They they can and they will because of that hyperoptic defocus. These the glasses that you buy are not sophisticated technology. This has been invented in the 16th century. Johannes Kepler back in his day already said, "Hey, these things cause more myopia," and this is. This goes back as far as it can. So really, really simple technology that just changed the focal plane meant for distance vision, right? So if you, the first time you got glasses, if you always took them off for close-up and we don't need them, you would have never needed stronger ones. It's just a continuous wear. The wear, especially while you're reading or looking at a screen, triggers the hyperopic to focus that, that makes it so your eye gets longer and then you need stronger ones. That's awesome. And, and, and now I got to tell you, this is where I'm and I, I kind of driving our discussion towards this, because I, you know, one of the things, I mean, we, uh, lots of my listeners are parents and uh, the teachers uh, working with kids as well as teachers are parents. And, uh, you know, one of the things my community is focused on is the thought of, you know, it, it just it, as you start reading the, uh, the information that you're talking about and listening to the videos and so forth, watching the videos, you know, one of the things that um, I got to ask you is this, if you had a chance to talk with an audience of parents of young children, and I, and I mean school age children, I mean, what advice would you give them about wearing glasses or about, you know, myopia? I have a five-year-old and I have one smaller one that's almost a year old now. And number one thing is no phones. Those kids have never held a phone in their hand. Anybody gives them a phone, I take it away. People look at me weird. I say, we're not doing phones. We're not giving them coffee either or alcohol and no phones, right? It's, we live in a weird time. And I feel weird saying this because I feel, who am I, right? I'm nobody. But I will, I will say this anyway. Our kids are the first generation that are missing the opportunity of boredom and the creativity that comes out of being bored enough to go play with sticks or boxes or whatever relatively boring toys compared to flashing lights and ever-changing things on a YouTube video. Our kids are significantly affected by this attention span killing, boredom killing, creativity killing device that makes them quiet. Right. We are, it's like my grandparents used to say that they gave my parents a drop of whiskey on their tongue to make them sleep. Right. Like yes. there, we are like the times have changed and the knowledge has changed. And I'm sure our kids, grandkids are going to go, Holy crap. You know what our grandparents did? They just let us play on phones. Hopefully. Right. Like it's a dramatic change in how, and me as a parent, I'm saying that as me as a parent in seeing kids that play on phones and how quickly they get upset and how quickly they have temper tantrums and how short the attention span is and how little imagination they have. My five-year-old, you put him in front of, we were building a house. So there was just sand outside and like sticks and stuff. He'll play with that stuff for hours, right? Neighbor kid is always on the phone, fidgety and 
it's, it's just, you can see addiction like behaviors and tendencies. My topic on that is it will affect their eyesight, right? And you don't want a five-year-old getting glasses because the six-year-old will have much stronger glasses and that 10-year-old is going to have ridiculously strong glasses that are going to affect their social behavior because the eye movement is not correct when you're behind glasses, right? Your neck movement is not correct. So the other kids are interpreting that as weird. It's very subtle, but people with glasses are kind of, they can only look through the center of the lens clearly. So their whole social interaction is off. They look at the ground when they walk because they don't have peripheral vision, right? Like I said, they're afraid of fast moving objects. They don't trust their fine motor control. So your kid develops into a different person because of the lens wear and because of the screen exposure, right? And it's a, it's a super hard call. And most of my friends' kids play on their phones and I've always insisted. And everybody in my family has been mad at me for a long time, but now my kids are like how we used to be. You know, I think it's super important to not take that shortcut of you want three hours of peace and quiet, put a screen in front of the kid, right? A little TV is fine, but not, not the close-up stuff. That's, that's so powerful what you're talking about. Cause you're, you know, you're right. You know, it's funny because I, I've talked with my kids who are in their twenties and, you know, and it, it's, it's funny cause I, I've told them along the way, especially when they were in college, I said, you know, when I was your age, I didn't have, I had what I thought were distractions, you know, but we're old, man. We are. We're talking and, like old people. I know. And I hate to say it this way, but it's like, I, I told him, I said, this is crazy. I had, I have, you know, I had distractions and they were my comic books and my music. I mean, I, I like vinyl and, you know, and, and I even had eight track tapes, which I'm gladly were replaced by cassettes, but you know, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, a lot of my, you know, my distractions were centered around the TV and there's usually somebody there to chase you away from it eventually to say, go outside and figure out to do something else, which then I replaced that type of thing with, you know, ho other hobbies and things like this. And it's just interesting because, and yeah, by the way, this makes me, yeah, back in my day, we did, we did have electricity, but you know, <laughs> you know, it sucks, man, it sucks. It really does. But yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, one of the things we didn't have is that ability to put something so close to our face that it was crazy. I mean, we, maybe we blew out our ears because we were carrying around boom boxes and stuff. But I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things that, you know, because they literally the, the, the smaller the phone, I mean, or the tablet, whatever they're carrying, it's constant watching. And mm -hmm. uh, to the point that they're just in another they can be in another realm and another planet um, without really reading stuff. And they're just those eyes are zeroed in on that. And it's. It's just an amazing aspect. You're going to give your kids a massive advantage by just not falling into that, into that status quo category. Massive advantage because your kid is not going to be attention deficit, screen addicted, imaginationless, so affected by whatever is presented in that scrolling stuff. Just, just being free of that to some extent is going to be a massive advantage, I strongly believe. Right. So be the weird one, I think, is my opinion. Be go against the grain a bit. Take the chance of being that parent that people go, oh, God, here he goes, <laughs> because I think you're giving your kids a massive advantage. I think you would be. I mean, that's in many ways <laughs> beyond 
beyond eyesight. I mean, just uh, trying to help them uh, develop their imagination as well, which is uh, pretty cool. So, and I appreciate you saying that because that's one of the things that I've been thinking about, especially when I was reading, is that what would be that message, you know, that you would want to make sure that they heard loud and clear? You know, you know, one of the things that you have, Jake, is you also have some helpful courses that you offer, one of which is a free seven-day guide. Could you talk about that seven-day guide and the many courses that you offer? I spent a lot of time sure. there. So, so here's the thing about courses. You don't need to buy anything from me. Um, I like to say that because I, I've made my money elsewhere. So when I do courses, I have to do support, which means I have to do actual work. So I'm not pushing any of those things. Seven day guide, because this is a big topic. You go to the website, the website has, I've written like 1200 articles over the last decade, right? So there's a lot of stuff in there. It's like piles of notes basically. And there's a huge community, Facebook group forum. We've got that terrible YouTube channel. So it's, it's like, um, it's a thing, right? Like you're not just going to get the five steps from the magazine and, and help your kids with the eyesight or your own eyesight. Seven day thing is just breaking it down into manageable pieces where you just take 15, 20 minutes a day and poke around in it in an organized fashion starting point, right? Like after seven days, you kind of got a, a big picture idea of how to use the website. And then from there, you can kind of dig in. And I always say, take it like a, like an easy university course, right? Like, or an easy, just, it's like a class immersing yourself. Is that right? English is not my native language. It works. Yeah. So just like getting to know kind of a, kind of a wide ranging topic just to set expectations. And then Yes, there are various courses. Most of them are kind of full for this year. Um, the only difference is they're more structured and I offer support, but everything I talk about is also definitely available for free um, on all the website resources. And that's awesome. I mean, and that's one of the things, and it, and it, you know, in a minute, we're going to remind everybody about your website and such and everywhere off that website, that's where they can link to your uh, the information from your blog and the little videos that you have, uh, as well as those different resources and uh, and the the reminder about going to Google Scholar. So if they're skeptical, they can take a look at that information um, without any sort of input from you, which I think is it's awesome that you send them that direction. You know, and be skeptical, please be skeptical always. I like right? that. Like whenever you hear, because I'm kind of mainstreamish in most ways. And it's ironic that I find myself being the guy, I mean, anybody you hear about the first time who claims that it's a hundred billion dollar year industry selling you glasses, a hundred billion dollars, like massive wholesale cost of those two lenses that you're wearing, two to five bucks, hundreds of dollars at the optometrist. The, the average markup is 5,000%, right? Like it is a business. And when I started talking about this, I feel kind of like one of those crazy people, you know what I mean? Like conspiracies and they're after you and blah. And it's so, so whenever people are not skeptical, it makes me worried because it is such a, you know, for me, like if somebody brought this to me, I'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. So Google scholar, whenever you hear any of these kinds of things, I always recommend Google scholar because especially these days, there's so much crazy stuff out there. Even people of big communities can still be crazy, right? Like, so I always like to say, what does the science say? Does the science back any of this up? Does it not? Sorry. Whenever you say skeptical, that pushes my little button. That's okay. I like that. Cause that's, it's awesome for people to hear because they, they you're, you're not, you really aren't trying This is not like, uh, you know, and, and if you, 
If you order by midnight tonight, you also get a set of Ginsu knives. They slice, they dice, they cut. You know, it's, you're not trying to do that. That's instead, you're just trying to share information that you've found. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's mostly because optometry pissed me off enough. You know? <laughs> I like that. Like that's, that's, I mean, the whole, if the, you, the site doesn't hide anything. So if you read through some of the older stuff, especially, it's mostly rants, obscure inside jokes, me making fun of things. And it was just a way to vent all that frustration and anger of I've been kicked out of optometry shops. I've been told, I don't know what I'm doing. And I literally, in the beginning, I was excited, you know, and then I'd go in there and I'd just be like, Hey, I just want 20, 30 glasses. And they'd say, no, I'm like, how, no, how like, no, we're just going to give you what we're going to give you. And I'm like, legally for driving, I need 20, 40. Right. So the only law that is out there for requirement is I need 20, 40 for driving. So if I say I want 20, 30, there's nothing preventing the optometry optometrist from giving me what I want, but they just say no, you know? And then I, at some point, because you need weaker glasses for, for your screen use, forget that. Unless you find guys that go against the grain and there's awesome optometrists that'll totally work with you, but you've got to find those. And the rest of everybody is just, they have this professional arrogance and they're unwilling, like when I'm saying, okay, pseudomyopia, lens-induced myopia, people won't talk to me. And I get it, seat time, profit margins, business, blah. But that created this whole resource where in the beginning, I was just like, screw you guys. Like, this is just nonsense, right? And it turned into this much more positive thing where it's just now there's a lot more people that are happy and excited and we're kind of sharing a, an idea. So, yeah. That's very cool. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, you know, if someone were to go to listen to your podcast, which it's linked, the links to the platforms where it's located are off your uh, off your website. Also, you know, it's one of the things you hear some of the, the people talking with you about uh, how they've kind of made adjustments or they're pursuing to make adjustments to their their eyesight, which I thought that was kind of cool, too. So that's not, uh, um, you know, so that's another way that people could hear some of that information, which I think is neat. The, uh, you know, what what are you hoping to accomplish? I mean, we're we're. Where do you think you're going with uh, your drive to deal with myopia? Oh, who knows? I mean, ideal situation would be McDonald's. You know it's bad for you. You go there because you want to, right? If, if you go to the optometrist and the optometrist had to issue a disclaimer, these might make your eyes worse. Started as a muscle spasm. You could just go outside more. And then you go, all right, don't care. Give me glasses. I'd be super happy. It's the, it's the fact that we're not being told that we're not being given the option. We live in a world where optometry McDonald's, if you put them in the same league, it's as if McDonald's would tell you their stuff is not only healthy, but the only thing you should be eating, you know, just, just changing that rhetoric, just that exists with heart disease and with, with all kinds of things where we're saying, Hey, some of these default ideas are maybe not ideal. And there's a conversation, right? Like maybe sugar is not great for you, right? There's, there's that maybe cigarettes are not great for you. There was a time where that was not a discussion, right? And I'd love to eventually be in a place where myopia is a choice and glasses are a choice as opposed to us being told that we're somehow genetically defective. That is so powerful, and I can see you getting there. That that group that you got out there that's that's uh, listening to you and sharing your message. And uh, uh, Jake, before we close, and we're getting there. If someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, I mean, where would you send them first? 
um, endmyopia.org, uh, .org, because we, we can't afford .com stuff. But again, remember, that's just an entry point, right? Like it's an entry point to a, a big subject and you're going to spend a little bit of time uncovering all of it. But everything is from there, like YouTube channel and Facebook group and forum and Discord and everything else you can find from the site. Awesome. And, I, and I'll have that information in my in my show notes so that people can look. Jake, thanks so much for talking with me today. It's it's such an awesome path that you've made for yourself to alert people to myopia, the issues associated with it and the ways of addressing myopia. I, I can't uh, thank you enough for doing what you're doing and I wish you the best in all you do. Awesome, Stephen. Thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.